Over the next couple of weeks, we are going to be uh, speaking on putting God first. It's a bit of a theme we've been uh, tackling a little bit in October. We're going to continue that for two more weeks. And then for the rest of November into December, we are going to do a series on hearing God's voice. I really believe that God is bringing us into a season where we need to learn better how to hear God's voice uh, so that we can be more like Jesus who said, I only do what I see and I hear the Father doing, that we would be living lives like that. And so we're going to be working on that through November. But today we're going to talk about uh, putting God first. Let's pray. Father, we pray that, God, you just ready our hearts to, uh, to receive whatever you have for us. Uh, God, that this wouldn't be a time where we just listen to me, but we more so listen to your spirit. Uh, God, what are you saying to us through your word? What are you saying to us personally? What is the next step, God, you want us to take? And we leave this in your hands for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. If uh, you get the concept behind the message this week and next week, this will really change your life. There is incredible blessing in your life when you decide that you are going to put God first. Uh, that you take him out, as we talked about a few weeks ago, we take him out of the trunk of the car where we sometimes put Jesus and only take him out when we're in trouble, when we get a flat tire. When we actually take Jesus and put him in the driver's seat of our life. There is incredible blessing that falls upon our life when we do that. Now, one of the first questions when we talk about being blessed is, what does it mean when we talk about there is blessing when we put God first? What does it mean to be blessed? Well, it means this. To be blessed means having God's, should be an apostrophe in there, uh, supernatural power working for you. Uh, whenever you see someone being blessed in the Bible, you see that God's supernatural power is working for them. On the other hand, to not be blessed, or the Bible uses often the word cursed, to be cursed, is having God's supernatural power work against you. And we can either position ourselves in this life to have, have God's supernatural power working for us, or we can position our life so that God's supernatural power is working against us. And this is not some Old Testament concept. This is uh, all over the New Testament, this idea as well. I mean, we could take one verse which we see this. Uh, this is James speaking to Christians, and he says this. God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. In other words, if you want to have God's supernatural power working for you, live a humble life. Don't spend so much time defending yourself. Don't get so upset at, at people and what they're doing. Just lessen your pride and walk in humility, and you will find that God's supernatural power begins to work for you in greater ways. You want to live a life where God's supernatural power is working against you or a life that, I mean, in a sense, is cursed? It says God opposes. This is an action word. It's not that God just kind of sees you in your pride and says, oh, that's fine. He actually opposes us. That a supernatural power begins to work against us. And so the idea of having God's blessing is have a supernatural power working for us. And this is how we want to position our lives. Now, we see throughout the Bible that God is a God who wants to bless us. And sometimes uh, we just kind of think that maybe God is just against us. I mean, Romans 8 says, 
If God is for us, who can be against us? If he gave us his son, how much more will he give us all things? Jesus came in John 10.10, and he says that he came that, that, uh, that we may have life and have it abundantly. I don't know you, but that sounds like being blessed. To have life and to have it abundantly. And God is a God who wants to bless us. We see in Psalm 84, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless or those who put God first. We even see in the Old Testament there was a way that God told the priests to pray so that greater blessing would actually fall on the people. In number six, it says, uh, this is the prayer that the priests are to pray. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And then it says, so they will put my name on the Israelites so I will bless them. This was, is God's desire that he bless us and keep us, that his face would shine upon us and that he would be gracious to us and that he would turn his face to us and give us peace. God wants to bless us. Now, we in our society, of course, can twist that a little bit because we are very selfish and narcissistic in our society. And we just, all of a sudden, so easily interpret everything as, this is going to help me, myself, and I is going to make me, you know, you know more you know, uh, self-centered. God does not want to bless you so you can be more selfish. He wants to bless you so you can actually be a blessing to the kingdom and to others. We do see sometimes that God does bless us, you could say for our enjoyment. First Timothy 6 says this, God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. And just like a good father or mother, you want to bless your kids so they, they can enjoy life. And God blesses us at times so we can just enjoy life. There's a, a place in our lives where we receive God's love as we enjoy our hobbies. We can receive God's love as maybe you play your favorite video game now. And then we just, God blesses us so we can enjoy life. But that is not the main purpose for God's blessing. His main purpose is so that we would be effective in the kingdom and be effective at loving others. For instance, we see in Genesis chapter 13. It says, Abraham had become very wealthy and God blessed Abraham with a lot of money. And sometimes God does that for people. He will bless certain people with a lot of money and riches, not so that they can become more selfish, but so that they can be a greater blessing to the kingdom and to others. And we see that Abraham became very wealthy in livestock and in silver and gold. He was the billionaire of his day, and God did that. But why did he do that? Well, later on, God said, Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation, and all nations on the earth will be blessed through him, that God blesses us so that we can be a blessing to others. When God's supernatural power is working for you, you have a lot more resources in your life to bless others. This is what God is wanting to do for us, to pour out his supernatural power on us so that we can be a greater blessing to the kingdom and to others. Now, we are just so blessed just to be in Jesus you're blessed, just automatically. If you're a follower of Jesus, you are incredibly blessed. Whether you're putting God first in this moment or not, you're just blessed. 
to have Christ a part of your life, to be forgiven, just to know that, that your guilt and your shame is washed away in the blood of Jesus and that you have been set free. I mean, there is so much blessing just to know Jesus. Ephesians 1 says, in Jesus we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. That God is lavishing grace on us because we are in Jesus. And so if you're in Jesus, you are blessed. But there's a difference from being in Jesus and being blessed and being in Jesus and deciding to put God first in everything you do and being more blessed. This is uh, the principle I want to talk about today. If you want to experience greater blessing from God, you need to put God first. If you do not put God first, you will not experience God's full blessing. You're going to receive blessing from Christ, but you will not experience God's full blessing unless you put Jesus first in your life. Now, there is a mistake, I think, that some Christians make, and that is this, that God is going to bless me no matter what. Sometimes we think, well, because I'm a Christian, God's just going to bless me no matter what. It doesn't matter if I put him first in my time, my energy, my money. It doesn't matter if I put him first in my schedule. Because I'm a Christian, God's just automatically going to bless me. Now, again, there is an inherent blessing for being in Jesus. There really is, no matter whether you're putting him first or not. But you will never experience the full blessing of God unless you put him first. There are things that God will only do in your life when you are being faithful. And if you're not being faithful, you will not have God's full supernatural power working for you, but there will be times when his supernatural power may actually be working against you. And he does that, and sometimes he can make our life hard because he's trying to bring us to repentance. Now, sometimes even in our disobedience, God will still bless us. I mean, uh, Romans 2 says his kindness leads us to repentance. There is times when we are so far from Jesus in that moment, and God still blesses us because through his kindness, he's saying, just see how good I am. See how lovely, and he's trying to draw us back. But there are times when that doesn't work. There are times when God says, in this moment, because of your pride or because of what you are doing, you're not putting me first. I, my supernatural power is actually going to work against you for this moment because I love you and I want to bring you back to me. If you want to see God's full supernatural power working for you, you need to decide that you're going to take Jesus out of the trunk, out of the back seat, out of the passenger seat, and put him in the driver's seat and just say, I'm going to put you first. Psalm 128.1 says, Blessed are all those who fear the Lord, who walk in obedience to Him. Sarah talked about this. There is something that when you are walking faithfully in obedience, that there is just a greater work of glory in your life. Uh, Psalm 34 says, Blessed is the one who takes refuge in Him. And we can take a little refuge in a lot of things. We can take refuge in our hobbies above Jesus. We can take refuge in our pleasures above Jesus. We can take refuge in the bottle above Jesus. We can take refuge in a lot of things, but blessed is the one who takes refuge in Jesus, who puts Jesus first. James 4.8 says, come near to God and he will come near to you. And again, he's speaking to Christians. I mean, sometimes uh, we may feel this in our Christian life. I, I just don't feel the blessing of God on my life right now. For some reason, I just kind of feel distant from God. I mean, feeling close to God and feeling blessed by God, again, is not just an automatic thing because you're a Christian. 
this is actually a command to Christians. Come near to God, and He will actually come near to you. When you put God first, you will experience His blessing in greater ways in your life. So the principle of first, putting Jesus first, is something that we, I'm really feeling that we as a church and, and myself, we, we, need to, we need to work through and really commit that for this next season and, and hopefully for the rest of our lives, that we're going to put Jesus first. Uh, Jesus said this, So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. And, and this is kind of the typical life sometimes we live, that we are freaking out about so many things. You know, what should I wear? You know, what am I going to eat? Or, you know, maybe we're not quite that poor. I don't know how most of us, but we're worrying about finances. We're worrying about work. We're worrying about, you know, the stresses in life. We're worrying about our marriage and our family. And we're freaking about all these things. And yet this is what Jesus says. This is the answer. These people are like, God, I need your blessing in my food. I need, I need your blessing over my clothing. We might be saying, God, I need your blessing over my marriage. I need your blessing over my workplace. God, I need your blessing. I am freaking out. This is what Jesus says. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. God wants to give all those things, but it was dependent on something. Seek first the kingdom, then all these things will be given to you. It was not an automatic thing. And sometimes we think, again, well, just because I'm a Christian, it doesn't matter how I live. It doesn't matter if I'm seeking God or not or spending time with Him or not. It doesn't matter if I come to church or not. I'm just going to receive God's blessing anyways. Maybe, but you can't count on it. Seek first the kingdom of God. Then you will see God's supernatural power begin to work for you. In the book of Haggai, we see this story written out very clearly. It says, this is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say... The time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. In other words, uh, these people in Haggai's time, and like me sometimes, and like you sometimes, sometimes we say, you know, I just don't want to put God first right now. I got other things on my schedule. I got other things on my mind. I got other things going on. I just, I just can't put God first right now in my life. And these people were saying, you know, it's not yet time to rebuild the Lord's house. I got other things to do. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while this house, and he's talking about the temple, remains a ruin? Now, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. What a great question for God to ask. That there are times that we just need to give careful thought to our ways. Is God really first in my life? Is he really first when it comes to my day, when it comes to my time? When it comes to my energy, give careful thought to your ways because the worst thing that can happen to you and me is to not have God's supernatural power working for us. God does not say, I want you to be obedient. I want you to put me first because he's some selfish God. God is the most selfless being in the universe. He is love. He is other-centered by his very nature. And he says, be obedient because... That is the best thing for us. And so be, give careful thought to your ways. 
You have planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. In other words, these people are like, why does it seem I'm cursed? Why does it seem that God's supernatural power is not working for me? Why is it I am working so hard, but things keep breaking down, and my money keeps going out to bills, and why is it that I just don't have enough food on my table, even though I have this garden, and why is it that things are not working out? And the prophet says, give careful thought to your ways. And he goes on, this is what the Lord Almighty says, give careful thought to your ways, go up, into the mountains and bring down timber and build my house. In other words, the answer that God gives is not, well, just work harder and then you'll have more food on your table or just try to work harder and then, you know, finally your families are going to fix. He says, the thing you do is put God first. The answer to your problem is to put God first, is what he says. The answer to your problem is to go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build my house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. You expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, now notice what he says, I blew away. What is God's blessing? It is having his supernatural power work for you. What is it to be not blessed or cursed? It is have God's supernatural power working against you. God's supernatural power was working against these people because they were not putting God's first. God says, I actually blew it away. You know why you're struggling financially so much? Because I blew it away. Because my blessing is not on your income because I'm not first in your income. I, I, I blew it away. He, he says, why, declares the Lord Almighty, why is it that I'm having all these issues? Why am I, my, my income, why is it like I have holes in my pockets? Because of my house, which means a ruin. While each of you is busy with your own house. In other words, God's not first. And so I blew your income away. And so I blew your time away. You wonder why you don't have time to do anything in your schedule. Maybe because God's blessing is not on it. Therefore, because of the heavens have withheld their dew and the earth is crops, I called, no, notice this again, I called a drought on the fields. Why is my garden not working? God says, I called a drought on the fields and the mountains, on the grain, the new wine, the olive oil, and everything else the ground produces, on people and livestock and all the labor of your hands, they were not being blessed because they were not putting God first. And again, the answer that God is saying to these people is put me first. This is exactly what Jesus is saying. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you as well. This, This is a story of what Jesus said. This is not just some Old Testament concept. And it goes on, the whole remnant of the people obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the message of the prophet Haggai because the Lord their God had sent them and the people feared the Lord. They said, you're right, God, I'm going to put you first. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave this message of the Lord to the people and God says, I'm with you. In other words, my hand of blessing is now going to be on you. There is something that happens in our life when we put God first. Now, this does not mean that we're all going to sit and get filthy rich, though maybe for some of you. It does not mean that everything's going to go perfect in life. I mean, even when God's hand of blessing is on us, we've got to realize that we are in a war zone. That's what Ephesians 6 says, that we are in a war against good and evil. Satan and demons are running around. It doesn't mean that everything in life becomes perfect, but it does mean God's hand of blessing is working for you and with you in your life, and that makes all the difference. 
there's a concept in the Old Testament called the principle of first fruits. And this was part of the Old Testament law that you see the idea before and after the law. And this was God's way of trying to train his people to put God first. And a lot of the law, the 613 rules of the law, were there to train people uh, to, 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 to think about God in the right ways. And one of the ways he trained people was through the principle of the first fruits. We see this in Exodus 13. It says, The Lord said to Moses, Consecrate to me every firstborn male, the first offspring of every room among, uh, womb among, among the Israelites belongs to me, whether human or animal. So the firstborn of every animal and the firstborn of, of the womb, whether it was a human, were to be given to God. And the human was to be redeemed through an animal. But this is training people to think that the best is to be God. The first is to be God's. In Exodus, we see, it says, bring the best of the first fruits of your soil to the house of the Lord your God. Nehemiah says, we also assume responsibility for bringing to the house of the Lord each year the first fruits of our crops and of every fruit tree. God was training people to think in a way that God would be first. The very first fruits of your trees are to go to God's. The very first animals that are born are to go to God's. The very first child born in your family is to be redeemed and is to be the Lord's. Training them that God must be first. And uh, it's the same with us. I mean, that when you put God first, again, God's hand of blessing just falls. We see this in Proverbs 3. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. And then it says, then... Your barns will be overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. In other words, this uh, blessing from God is often dependent on whether we're putting God first or not in our life. Again, don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm not trying to, to underestimate what Christ did in any ways. We are so blessed in Christ, and we can do a message series on this, but you will not experience God's full blessing unless you put Him first in your life. It is interesting about Genesis. Uh, you know the old uh, Cain and Abel with their, their offerings? It says this, Now Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his, and his offering, he did not look with favor. Now the big question always about this text is why? Did God look on favor with Abel's offering and not on, on Cain's offering? And some people think, well, because Cain or Abel offered uh, animal fat portions, and that points to Christ, and, and Cain just offered some, you know, uh, some of the produce from his garden. Uh, but we see both offerings at time are acceptable. Still an option. I think the reason God accepted Cain's but not Abel, Abraham's is because of the idea of putting God first and the principle of first fruits. Notice what it says here. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering. When it came to Abel, it says he brought some of the firstborn of his flock. The firstborn of his flock. Abel was God, you are first. The firstborn of my flock is going to you. Cain was like, you know, I'm busy just in the course of time. You know, I got some fruit here left over. You know, I've eaten a lot, and I think I have enough for my family for the rest of the year. So if I have anything left over, God, here you go. And a lot of times we live almost like Cain. 
You know, I got a busy week. I got all this going on. God, if I have any time left over, then maybe I'll spend some time with you. God, if I have any money left over the end, end of the month, then I'll kind of put it towards kingdom purses. God, if I have any energy left, then maybe I'll try to find a way I can engage with the kingdom. And, and that is not what God is calling us to be. God is calling us to people who implement the idea of the first fruits who put God first in, in our lives. We see this idea as well in the book of Joshua. When the Israelites came into the promised land, one of the first cities that they had to tackle was Jericho, the very first city. And uh, God says this to Joshua and to the Israelites, but keep away from the devoted things so that you will not bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. Otherwise, you'll make the camp of Israelite, uh, Israel liable to destruction and bring trouble on it. All the silver and the gold and the articles of bronze and iron are sacred to the Lord and must go into his treasuries. In other words, the first city was the idea of the first fruits that all the treasure they got from that first city was to go to God because God is to be first. Again, God is training his people to put God first. So the first city, all the treasure goes to God because God is first. And so they go in and we know the story uh, they're victorious, and, and they win the battle. It's a miracle because it's one of the toughest cities, and it goes really, really easy. Why? Because God's hand of blessing was on them. Later in Joshua, it says this, because after they conquered Jericho, the next city was a little town named Ai. Tiny little town, easily defeated, not an issue, and this is what they're saying about this town. When they returned to Joshua, they said, not all the army will have to go up against Ai, Send two or 3,000 men to take it, and do not worry the whole army, for only a few people live there. So about 3,000 went up, but they were routed by the men of Ai. This tiny little town, which was so easy to defeat, they were defeated. They just won this amazing victory. God's hand of blessing was on them for Jericho. They look at the next situation, which is a pretty minor situation, and God's hand of blessing was not on them. Why? Well, what we find out in the story is there's this guy named Achan who takes some of the things that were supposed to be God's. Some of the first fruits, this idea that God was training his people to put God first. Achan says, actually, I'm not going to put God first. I need to take and hoard this for myself. And he hides the treasure in his tent. And it goes on, it says, the Lord said to Joshua, stand up. What are you doing down on your face? Israel has sinned. They have violated my covenant for which I uh, commanded them to keep. They have kept some of the devoted things. They have stolen. They have lied. They've put them with their own possessions. That is why Israelites cannot stand against their enemies. An easy town, hand of God's blessing was not on them because they did not put them first. And this is what happens. There are times when we face easy situations and we just are being defeated. There are times when we're wondering, where is all my money going? Why do things keep breaking down? Why is everything falling apart? Now, it may be a satanic attack, but maybe, maybe, and this is where we've got to ask this question today, as we consider our ways, maybe it is because we are not putting God first in our finances. And as we said a couple weeks ago, we'll talk more about this next week, but I tell you, 90% blessed by Jesus goes way further than 100% not blessed. And anybody who ties would just, just say, well, amen to that. I mean, 
Are we putting God first? And so he's training these people about the idea of the first fruits. And you say, well, I'm not under the Old Testament law. It's true, we're not under the Old Testament law. But I tell you, the idea of the principle here is that we need to be putting God first. And it's a New Testament principle that when you put God's God first, his hand of blessing, his power begins to work for you. When you begin to put God second, third, last, you put him back in the trunk of the car, God may still bless you because kindness is trying to bring you to repentance, but he may cause a supernatural power to work against you, to bring you back to a place where you can say, I'm going to bless you again. In Romans 11, it says, if the part of the dough offered as first fruits is holy, then the whole batch is holy. And if the root is holy, then the branches are also holy. And this is the idea of, of trying to live in our life. This is sort of the New Testament idea that when you put God first, the rest of your day, your week, your finances, in a sense, are holy. When you put God first, the rest of your life, in a sense, is redeemed. When you don't put God first, in a sense, there is a curse on your life. And so, when you offer God the first fruits, the rest is holy. And by the way, this is one of the ideas why, and there are a lot of reasons why we worship on Sunday, but one of them is because Sunday is the first day of the week. I mean, Jesus rose on Sunday morning, yes. The early church, when they met, they met at sunrise, all the way up until the Reformation. They met at sunrise together, partly because of the resurrection, but partly because of this idea. I am going to put God first in my week. The very first thing I do on the very first day of the week is I am going to my brothers and sisters and we are going to worship Jesus. Because when I put God first, there's just more blessing. It's one of the reasons why coming to church on Sunday morning is important because it sets the tone for the rest of our week. This is a good habit to get in during your day. To wake up in the morning, one of the first things you do is you open your Bible, turn on some worship music, and just spend time with Jesus. I mean, we want to be like Jesus, who are only doing what we see the Father doing, and the only way you know what the Father is doing is you got to be in this book, and you got to be listening to His voice. If you're not putting God first, man, you'd be running down the wrong rabbit trail, and no wonder you're burnt out and fried, because God is never going to overextend you for long periods of time. He may do it for a season, but I mean, are you putting God first so that his blessing is on your finances, on your time, on your energy, on your life? Again, don't get me wrong that your life is going to be perfect and going to be healthy and wealthy and blessed in every way. I mean, we are in a war zone. But I tell you, when you learn to live your life with the hand of God on you, he'll change you. You'll never go back. It's like, how in the world did I live each day without this beautiful hand of blessing, his presence walking with me throughout the day? A.W. Tozer put it this way, as God is exalted to the right place in our lives, a thousand problems are solved all at once. I love that. When you decide, I am going to put you first, a thousand of our problems are solved at once. Because God knows everything you don't. I don't. God knows what's coming through your day. God knows which way you should come and go. God knows how your finances, what you should buy or what you should do. That's why we always should begin. God, is this a wise person? This is not a wise person. I mean, just to be bringing things to Jesus. Why it's important. Why are we going to spend time over this next month learning to hear the voice of God? Because it's really helpful when God is guiding you. Proverbs says, in all your ways acknowledge him. And then there's a promise. And he will make your path straight. If all your ways you're not acknowledging him, you're just doing your own thing. 
He's not going to be making your path straight. Second Chronicles says, For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. And this is the beautiful thing. This is the idea of the new, when Jesus says that when you're faithful with the little, he just gives you more. And the more you're faithful, he gives you more and pressed down, shaken together. I tell you, when you just say, God, I'm going to put you first, you will just experience a greater blessing on your life. And as you walk into that blessing, God has more and more and more for you. God is wanting to bless you. He is wanting to strengthen your hearts and your lives when you say, God, I'm just going to put you first. My heart is going to be fully committed to you. Last verse. It's in Jeremiah. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. Or we say, blessed is the one who puts Jesus first. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when the heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Let's pray together. Father, we, we come before you in this moment. And God, we ask that at this time you would search our hearts. And maybe just in the quietness of this moment, would you just ask Jesus in the quietness of your heart, uh, Jesus, is there anything that I'm putting ahead of you? Jesus, is there anything I'm putting ahead of you? Ask Jesus that question. Often it's going to be the first thing that comes into your mind is going to be the answer.
Father, we desire to be a people who put you first. And God, as we have prayed, we're sorry for those things that we have put ahead of you. God, we confess that we don't always get this right. And we pray, God, that you would alive in our hearts to your beauty. God, to your glory. The fact that you are the God of this universe and are worthy to be praised and worthy to receive all honor and glory and power. You are worthy, God, for us to put you first in every way. God, we want to experience your blessing so that we can be a greater blessing to this community, so that we can be a, a greater blessing to our families and to our workplaces. God, I want to experience a greater blessing from you so that I can be a greater blessing as a pastor to this church. And so, God, would you seal this in our hearts that we would just put you first. And God, as we come to this table, God, we pray you continue to speak and continue to work in our hearts. God, that you We're going to enter into our time of ministry. We're going to be doing a couple songs, and um, you're welcome to come to this table where we remember what Jesus Christ has done for us. We come and take the bread, and we come and take the cup, remember all that Christ has done. Uh, once the prayer team has come and taken uh, communion, they're going to be over there, and they're going to be happy to pray with you. And if you need prayer for anything, uh, please go over and receive prayer. Uh, don't ever let pride keep you from being prayed for. And then uh, you just may feel that you just need fellowship. And if you need fellowship, you can head out to the coffee bar and just connect with people. If you just want to worship and honor Jesus and spend more time in his presence, just come and stay and worship with us. And so the table is open. Uh, prayer is going to be open after they take communion. And so, God, we just give you this time. We pray that you administer to our hearts. God, I pray that you would just continue to work afresh in us as we come to this table. In Jesus' name, amen.